Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is The Takeoff, and I'm your host, Nora G. N to the, O to the, R to the, G to the, I to the, E to the, Nora G. <laughs> Anyways, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about crash pads and the drama within the crash pads. So, I first went into a crash pad. Well, first of all, let me tell you what a crash pad is. A crash pad is a house or an apartment for flight attendants and pilots um, that are commuters that don't live in base and live in a different state or city and need somewhere to crash while they're in base. You know, sometimes a lot of uh, airlines have uh, reserve. So reserve is when you're on call. And you have to be waiting around. They either, you know, you're you're waiting around to to get called for a trip. So, I don't know who invented Crash Pad, but whoever did, thank you. Because it helps a lot of people. But it also causes a lot of drama. Because in some Crash Pad, depending how big they are, and sometimes they can be super small, and have about 15 people in one small apartment. So... In my years of flying, I have been in four crash pads, and I've also rented two rooms, and now I have my own apartment. So, crash pads are usually near the airport, and or somewhat near the airport, close to transportation, close to stores, where you can get around and, you know, easily get around to things. Now... I've heard of some crazy stories about Crash Pad, but I'm going to tell you my personal stories. So, when I went, when I first became a flight attendant, I didn't know what the hell was Crash Pad. Like, I kind of knew, but never, you know, I've always lived um, with my family. I've always, my family lived with me, so it's always been around family. But when it's around strangers, you never know what you're going to get. And, boy, sometimes you get good amazing experience and sometimes you get some horrible experience that you do not want to experience so for me I can tell you that one of the issues that I have is it's basically like it's bunk bed a lot of rooms have bunk beds if you can find a crash pad with twin beds amazing but I've experienced crash pads with bunk beds now it can be great and it can be so normally the rooms that I've been on, I've really, really never had that many people in one one room, you know, one time, one night in there. There's always been like me and one other person or me by myself. Now the crash pad that I first, the big crash, because I went to two different crash pads before I ended up in the one I lasted the longest. I, um, I... Those other two crash were just uh, uh, where they where they were just there so I can you know wait until that crashman that I moved into because it was a brand new crashman. I was the first one to move in there, and I what you call it? I um I was I opened it up. It wasn't mine. It was someone else. But I was the first one there. I lived there and moved in there. Well, first of all, let me just say this. Crash pads are not for you to live in. 
there for you to stay there when you are commuting. Now, some people are there longer than others. Some people live there and some and let it known, you know, because you see them there all the time and they're never, you know, incognito. And my thing is, if you're going to live there, like, be very discreet about it. Because I lived in my crash pad in reality. And a lot of the, the people out that in my class live there too. They say, they might say, no, I'm a commuter. But when you only commute once every two months, uh, you live there. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I was very, I didn't like commuting. So I basically spent time there. But when I was there, you know, I kept a very low profile. I would get up, get dressed, go to the city, go shopping, go to... Like, I would try and spend most of my day outside. And, and or pick up trips on my day off. You know, pick up trips to to, to where I live uh, so I can see my family. I'll have a hotel room and I'm getting paid. You know, you got to think about it like that. So, one, one of the big issues I had was people going into my room and moving my stuff. Like, they were going in there and just moving my things, and I, it would piss me off. And then most of the crash pads have house managers. Now, house managers, there to mostly clean and make sure that everything is clean because they're getting paid. They're getting a discount most of the time on their, on their rent. So I paid on my crash pad, I think it was $300. It was a really nice crash pad. Everything was brand new. Washer and dryer in that crash pad, which I was in New York. You know, I'm based in New York City. And that's amazing. It was a big, spacious crash pad. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms. One of the rooms had a private bathroom. And that one was a little bit more expensive. So anyways, so... My issue with the house manager was that she would go into our room and start moving stuff. I was like, first of all, I was here before you. Second of all, you were only you're only the the house manager because let's face it, you're white and I'm not white. And the crash pad owner probably wanted a white person and they worked for the same airline. And you know, they saw that I wasn't white and they didn't think that I could manage it right. Because trust me, there is racism within the the flight attendant aviation industry. There's a lot of racism. Don't make don't don't think because they're cultured and they travel the world and they see different cultures and they experience it that they're not racist. No, flight attendants can be racist, but that's another podcast. <laughs> so, so she would. I had a coach bag and I had some like facial products that were really expensive inside of a black bag. I come in from a trip. My stuff is gone. I have no idea where my stuff is. And I'm like, what's going on? And that has been like the third time. You know, if there's a problem, I always said, if there's a problem with me having that bag in my room, in the closet, that we're allowed to have stuff there, just tell me. You know what I mean? Just tell me that. I'll move it. I'll, like, just tell me. This girl comes out. And... I'm from I'm from the hood. I might sound all soft and that, but no, honey. I will whip someone's ass. <laughs> Anyways, um, she comes out. She's like, I did it. I moved it. You got a problem with that? 
Child, let me tell you, that like lit a match up my ass. I went up to that girl's face and ate her apart. Told her things that I can't say in this podcast. Well, I could say it, but I'm not going to say it. But I just gave it to her that I, and she ended up crying. I immediately called the crash pad owner that lived in the apartment upstairs. Told her she needs to get down here because the cops will, I'm about to call the cops. And I'm about to beat this girl. And so, because she was just so nasty. She, everyone had issues with her. She wanted everyone to like her. And if you don't like her, I mean, she would, she would just be miserable. Like, she'll try everything in her power to get rid of, to get you out the crash pad. She did that to a few people. And I don't, I don't like, she has a bad spirit. She just like, why do you need people to validate you to, to like you? Like, honey, you need to live your life. Forget what other people think about you. They're not paying your rent. They're not feeding you. So keep it going. So I had to call the house owner, the house crash pad owner, told her what was going on. She said, she told me, well, the girl, the house manager told me that you, I was telling this to the, the owner, that you told her to move my back. The owner was like, I never told her that. I don't know what she's getting that. I didn't say that. She, this girl started crying even more. I told her, listen, wipe the crocodile tears. I'm not for this shit. Like, do what the, whatever the fuck you gotta do. Like, I ain't the one. She, um, this girl, crazy, crazy, crazy chick. You know, and some of the people that were coming into that class, because the thing is with Crash Pass, they are revolving doors. Like, People come in and out and and not literally they come like you'll have someone staying there for a month, they don't like it, they leave, someone new comes. Some people because they think they work for certain airlines, they're better than you. And it's like, girl, keep it moving. You are not better than me. You don't know what I have in my bank account. Keep it moving. So you will see a lot of times that in crash pads, um, it's just, it's, it gets overwhelming because there's so many people. There's so many, I, just unnecessary drama. You would go, you'd buy food, you put it in the fridge, and you put your name on it. And if you forgot to put your name on it, oh Lord, it's a ball game. Everyone's going to eat it. People will eat your stuff. Even though you put your name on it, people will eat your stuff. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. The, the stuff, the childish. You know, these are grown adults. You would think that they will act like grown adults. Those are the most sneakiest people ever. They will steal stuff from you. Like, if you have a bag hook, they might take that from you. You know, like, people... I think the most issue that people have was getting their food eaten and stuff moved from their room. Some people just didn't, I don't know, just, they just, I guess, had no morals, no respect, you know? And that's like crash pads are not for everyone. Then I went and I, after that incident, I went and moved to another crash pad. Which I loved in the same building, same owner, but I loved that crash. It was smaller, it was cozier, but I needed more space. 
because I, like I said, I was living in New York, you know, discreetly, but I started to have a lot of stuff and I just like, I can't, couldn't do it anymore. So I decided to rent a room. So I rented a basement apart, uh, room. There was a big mansion in the area um, close by to where I was staying at. Big, big house. And they had the basement, separate entrance. They had a bathroom, a kitchen, and then they had rooms. And it basically looked like an apartment. So one of the rooms was vacant and I was able to rent it out. And that was that room was 700 $730 or $750. I can't remember. It's been like two years now. And so I was there for like maybe six months. And I I liked the apartment. You know, it was in the area that I liked. I enjoyed it. And I wanted to to you know to be in that area. So anyways. Fast forward, I, they were supposedly renovating after six months, and so they gave everyone a notice. Honestly, I just think that they wanted certain people out of the apartment, uh, of the rooms, and, and they first let those people, they gave those people a notice, and then they, someone was like, well, why aren't the, these people leaving? So instead of, I guess, making it fair, they gave us all a notice. So that was devastating for me because I really enjoyed that area and I enjoyed living there. And so I immediately had to go look for a place. Like I was desperate, 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 desperate. I was able to find a room from this lady that lived by herself in a upstairs apartment. It was a house and she lived in the upstairs part. It was just her. And, um, thankfully, she was able to rent it out to me. Now, this apartment was not close to anything. The only thing was close to the airport and, but not walking distance. Like, I had to take Uber or Lyft or some kind of form of transportation to get there. So, I was there for a little bit over a year. And this is my third year. As a fight attendant. And then one day I come from a trip and oh, in that room I was paying seven. I was paying seven fifty for that room, everything included. Most of the rooms everything included, Wi-Fi, everything. So I was um came from a trip, tired. Lady was there. Lady was always I still talk to her today, she's a nice lady. I mean, she had an issue with the guy downstairs. That's the owner of the house. Which he basically tried to sexually assault her. And so, they were having issues and it was a mess. So, literally, I had a month and a half to look for a place. Which is a lot of time, but really, it's not a lot of time where you're not prepared to move. You know, I needed to save money. I had some money saved, but I didn't have enough money to pay for um to pay a rent you know to give for down payment thankfully my boyfriend at the time well he's still my boyfriend um helped me find the apartment that I'm currently in and I 
I am so happy that I have my own apartment. I don't think I will ever... Going back to Crash Pad would be the last result. And I just don't think I can ever live in a place where um, there's so much drama and just no privacy. You know, here I'm in my own apartment... I'll cook, I'll clean whenever the hell I want to. I'll, if I want to walk naked in the apartment, I can do that. If I want to work in my, just stay in my underwear, I'll do that. Like, it's just so much easier um, having your own apartment. Now, mind you, having an apartment in New York is so expensive. It's, uh, so I'll tell you right now, I pay, I'm in a basement apartment, which means it's a house. And the basement area is turned into an apartment. And it's two rooms, one bathroom, big living room, but there's no closet. So we have to buy, like, portable closet, tables. This kitchen is really small, but it does it does the job. Um, there's no windows. There's windows in the rooms, but it's so high up, you can't see. So basically, no windows. There's no really ventilation, but... The thing is that everything is included. All utilities and Wi-Fi is included. I pay $60.50 for my crash, for my apartment. Um, I do have a roommate, and she helps me out. She's not here all the time, which is nice, you know, because you can, it still feels like I'm living here by myself. Uh, I like the apartment. It's just I don't like the area. There's not a lot. I mean, there's stores. It's like a Dollar General down the street. And a few other stores, McDonald's and whatnot, a dollar store. But there's no real transportation. There's only a bus. And I don't take buses. I just don't like the, you know. I, and when I do take a train, it's the Long Island Railroad because it's more cleaner, per se. And it's a little bit more expensive, so not everyone can get on it. So most people that are on that are commuters, uh working class people and I'm not there's nothing bad about subways but in New York City you gotta be very careful with the subways like I take it but I I just you know I'm just very cautious so I um I would recommend if you can if you want to live in base try and get your own apartment I mean if you have a good roommate if you rent a room and have a good roommate then great but there's nothing better than getting your own room I love it and then make sure it's close to a lot of things. I mean, I like this apartment. I enjoy it. But eventually, maybe next year, I will be finding my own place. Closer to where I like. Uh, closer to stores, closer to subways, train stations. And who knows, I might have a car. <laughs> but anyway, <sighs> enough ranting. I don't want to bore you. But this is the takeoff, and I'm your host, Norji. Thank you for listening, and hope you like my stories. If you want to, if you want me to talk more about the development of becoming a flight attendant, please let me know. Don't be shy. Um, I'll probably will be doing some more uh, podcasts on how to become a flight attendant. Um, yeah. So this is the takeoff. Thanks for listening.